Just got done with a sick arm workout. Did some biceps, did some triceps, and just want to talk a little bit about some straight bodybuilding. But before we dive right into that, what are some maybe key factors for people uh, to kind of get the most out of their bodybuilding workouts in terms of maybe like nutrition and hydration? Because like getting a pump is not just specific to the way you work out. It's like, I don't know, it feels like you need certain nutrients and you can't be underfed. Yeah, yeah, I think that's huge as far as a pump, being able to sustain like, or keep your energy throughout the workout um, and feel strong. So hydrate, lots of water, um, like some sort of like hydration pack or whatever they have at Walmart. Maybe or, add a little salt to some of your food, things like yeah. that, electrolytes. Yeah, have some carbs pre-workout. Yeah, really just have carbs pre-workout, hydrate, get some electrolytes in, and that's really all I think about doing. But if I don't have that, I'm flat, I'm tired, I'm in a shitty mood, so it goes a long way. Plus it makes it, when you take, I don't know, if you take a pre-workout or a pump product, you need to be hydrated for those to work super well, so that's another thing. I think if you have um, some carbohydrates throughout the day, uh, however many like it's up to you and it, it depends on how lean you are and how you feel you respond to your carbohydrates and stuff which is something that takes a while to learn um, but I would say that something to think about is if you're just consistent with your protein and consistent with your carbohydrates and fats then you don't have to worry about the timing as much it still can be important but like something you eat right before workout sometimes maybe for you maybe you'll notice that might make a difference but for myself, I don't notice a huge difference if I have a meal like right before that has carbs, but if it's several hours ahead of time, it seems to matter more for me. And then also what I notice is that faster acting carbohydrates yeah. seem to act faster, which is you know pretty normal, but uh, something with like sugar in it, you know, almost like a candy or something like that, right before a workout or even sometimes during a workout seems to help give you a little bit of a pump. Yeah, I used to do cereal pre and post workout when oh, I worked with Joe Sullivan. Yeah, and that was a great time. I wouldn't do maybe about an hour before, half hour. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, sometimes like half hour, 40, 45 minutes because it digests so quick. It's just whey protein and like Rice Krispies. But uh, I know in powerlifting, I worked with John Heck, who was a strength coach. He had me actually do the opposite, he had me do like a potato or sweet potatoes pre-workout since my workouts for powerlifting were like three hours long and I thought that was pretty I learned that when I stopped working with him and then you know I don't know just little things like that that go a long way with carbs sorry if there's a lot of knocking and stuff going around hopefully you can get through the podcast without being too annoyed we're in a very windy area and so the warehouse that we're in is getting knocked around a little bit so in terms of your actual workout in terms of like actually bodybuilding there's a big difference between going in a gym and doing three sets of 10 to 12 versus being very specific to getting into the granular details of bodybuilding and to really maximize what you're trying to do. In my opinion, I think you're trying to stimulate the muscle, you're trying to get a pump, and then for the remainder of the workout, you're trying to like stay on top of that pump, which can be really hard to do because sometimes you get distracted, yeah. you get pulled away, you distract yourself with your phone, you distract yourself with your friends, it's not your friends and it's not your phone that's distracting you. It's you allowing yourself to be distracted. That's important that you know that. But you have to try to stay on top of that pump and it's really difficult. 
but how do we even get a pump in the first? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So we can pull off that pump cover. Um, I would say I think about... When I go into the gym, I think about chasing or staying on top of kind of like you said, time under tension. So wherever I feel like we did the close grip bench where you told me to stay right here, a lot of people would think maybe that's not optimal because it's not a full range. I'm not locking out. But the tension I felt, the constant tension throughout the whole movement was amazing. So chasing stuff like that is really all I think about. Whatever feels good, I'm gonna stick with it and then we're gonna go to the next exercise. And if, you know, maybe we can't connect with it well, we'll just like modify it or try something different. So just feeling, really. If you can't connect with it well, this is a great opportunity to utilize some different methods and different means. So let's just say hypothetically on an incline bench press that you don't feel your chest. Well, before you do your incline, bench press, pre-exhaust maybe with some sort of fly, maybe a cable crossover. Uh, just a side note, if you can't feel a fly very good, if you can't feel a dumbbell fly very good, it's just because you haven't practiced it enough, in my opinion. Like usually if you, if you work that in and you get past like the shoulders and the body just kind of hurting and, and the exercise feeling weird and awkward, you can work your way into where you can contract that exercise really well. Because most of these movements, especially something like a fly, you're trying to flex with weight in your hand is what you're yeah. trying to do. Yeah. And same thing when you're doing your presses and stuff like that. But once you get a barbell in your hands, sometimes it just doesn't feel right. And I've helped a lot of people over the years who've had trouble firing certain muscle groups, sometimes in terms of powerlifting and sometimes in terms of bodybuilding where they couldn't get a particular area to grow. And it was as simple as like if someone had issues with their triceps, I would say, well, do four sets of 25, a winning warm-up, four mm -hmm. sets of 25, single arm tricep pushdown, and maybe do it a bunch of various ways. Get a ton of blood into those uh, triceps, into both sides. Then go and do your close grip bench press. And that's, yeah. where you'll, that's where you'll start to really get on top of that pump, and you'll be able to hold it for the whole workout. But for me, it's always been that way too, with uh, leg extensions before squats or some of these things. Now. There's a trade-off there, because as we know, sometimes when you do those exercises, you feel kind of tired, yeah. and you are pre-exhausted, and you can't handle as much weight. Yeah, I would say uh, that I pro I've probably done that most of my training career, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you seem to like a lot of that stuff. Yeah, because Jesse Burdick and even Matt Wenning, when I did powerlifting, I still did that, but it was kind of, you know, 
picking and choosing how heavy or how much intensity you want to put into those based off of what the goal is. So for powerlifting, I would do it. It would be super light. I really wouldn't be that fatigued and it wouldn't take anything away from my strength. But with bodybuilding, I might do those four sets of 25 tricep extensions and really push it and then be okay with, you know, not doing as much on my bench press or whatever else I'm doing because I know that the muscles pumped and I'm gonna be able to connect with it well and the reps will be more beneficial. Also, Doug Fruche and you have taught me, a lot of the, a, a lot of poses correlate to stuff you're doing in the gym. Mm -hmm. So, you know, let's say you can't connect with like a chest fly, you could just stand. Most people probably don't like posing. They might not be that into bodybuilding. But even if you're just by yourself or in the locker room or wherever, you before should you learn how to flex though. Like even if you don't love posing, you should learn how to flex. Yeah, yeah. I think it's still important that you can benefit from it. Just doing like stuff like this, like feeling your body, doing a back double bicep to feel like, you know, everything or lower lat, everything come together and then try to mimic that when you're doing the exercise has helped me a lot. And Doug took me through a couple of those things. I think it was like a lat pull down and maybe a chest fly, mm. and it helped a ton. So just thinking, thinking ahead. Even when it comes to something like chest, like so, something so simple as just pushing, just pushing your hands together. Take your hands in front of you, almost like you're clapping your hands together in front of you. And if you just put pressure on it, and then you kind of push your arms outward a little bit and even pick your sternum up a little bit, you'll feel your chest activate. And sometimes these things are hard to activate because sometimes people have no idea what you're talking about when you say, you know, flex your lats or move your sternum or, or um, you know, flex this way or contract this muscle this way. And that's why sometimes you have to do it through the weights. And if you just do, like let's just say someone's like pretty much brand new yeah. and you have them go through five sets of 15 reps of cable crossover, their chest and the front of their shoulders and stuff, they're going to feel, they're, they're going to feel a lot of blood flow there. It might not be the same as like, somebody that's been lifting for a long time, but they'll still have gotten a lot of blood flow to the area. And that's exactly what we're talking about here today. You try to figure out ways to get a lot of blood flow to the area. That's what a pump is. You're trying to get the area engorged with blood. And for a long time, as a power lifter, I always just thought like a pump was kind of like a nice thing to like finish off the workout with. Right. You know, we get strong and we, we do the strength movements. We do a bench squat deadlift or some version of that. And then it's like, Let's do some fluff and pump uh, at the end of the workout and just try to get a little bit swole. But I didn't realize until I met Hani Rambad, I didn't realize he was like, no, our whole workout is about to pump. It's like you get the pump as quick as you can. You hit yourself as hard as you can right when you walk through the doors of the gym and then you try to stay on top of that the entire time. And I was like, holy shit, this is way, I always known bodybuilding was hard, but I didn't know it was that hard. That's really difficult keep that intensity for a whole workout is tough. Yeah, the guys he coaches too, it's like, I don't know if it's just a coincidence, but all the guys he coached, Derek Lunsford, Phil Heath, they all have this crazy Mark round, <laughs> Mark Bell, they all have this crazy round, like full look to them. Like they're, yeah, I don't know, it true. has to do, I'm sure it has to do with the training. Fasted cardio. Yeah, fasted <laughs> cardio. But um, yeah, I think maybe prioritize, I know Johnny who we just, Johnny Shreves, Shreve, yeah. Shreve, Johnny Shreves um, told me, well, I'll be honest. He told me, you know, with posing and mind muscle connection, if you smoke weed, smoke some weed. I'm not telling you to smoke weed, but 
if that's what you like, just be relaxed, whatever you like to do, do it and make sure it's separated from the gym. I even like to go in the sauna and just, it, you're in a relaxed state and just play with your body. Like, you know, do weird shit, figure out how to connect with certain muscles. And even Arnold's talked about this before. And I think if you, if you really are struggling, prioritize it, make it a point to practice outside of just going in the gym and doing the lap pull downs that you don't feel and months go by and you're progressing, but you're not connecting, make it a priority to practice. It helps a lot. I think Kenny's bringing up a bunch of good points, but one of them is that if you want to get really good at this stuff and you're not just uh, genetically gifted, you're not just naturally lean or shredded, which every once in a while happens, but it's super rare. Um, I do think that spending extra time thinking about this shit is super important. And so how much do you actually care about it? Like, are you prepping your meals? Are you prepared for your workouts? Are you forgetting your belt at home? Are you forgetting your wrist wraps and all these different things? All that stuff that, that uh, being unorganized, forgetting your pre-workout or forgetting whatever the thing is that you feel gives you the best opportunity to have the best workout, forgetting those things here and there makes a lot of sense. But at some, time, at some point, you're going to have to be responsible and you're going to have to try to have as many things add up in your favor as possible. So it's not acceptable at a certain point. I heard a, a bodybuilder say this on our podcast one time. He said, uh, when you miss a meal, it's the same thing as cheating. That was Chris Minnis, who runs some shows uh, in Tahoe, California, runs a bunch of bodybuilding shows and runs a federation in bodybuilding. And I just, that kind of shocked me because I never heard anybody say that before. But to a lot of the bodybuilders, that's the same thing as a cheat meal. And I was like, whoa. It's like, that's pretty intense, but that's the intensity that it takes. Now again, you know, you just want to gain a little bit of muscle. You want to get a little leaner. It doesn't have to be that complicated, but still it does take an effort more than just uh, the time that you're putting in the gym. Yeah, I think you want to avoid just going through the motions. If you want, you know, a good physique, you want to get stronger, you're passionate about it or just be healthier. I think that putting effort into stuff outside the gym, like your recovery, your meals, hydration, all of that is just going to help. And, you know, I get going, there's going to be a period where you just go to the gym and you just free mind, and free spirit. It, yeah. yeah. You just ex explore and experiment and learn different things. But I have found a lot of benefit in Pro, like tracking my progress, not necessarily every single exercise I do, but just my daily, like, like my boxes, like, okay, the workout, I'd rate the workout at the end of the day. I'd write down what I did. Was it good? Was it bad? Was it fucking mediocre whatever? And then I'd look back and be like, okay, if this was bad, why was it bad? And then I look back, did I hydrate enough? Did I do this? Did I do that? And then the next day I'd improve on that. And I'd log that. I have that logged for like two years so I can go back and day by day just check my boxes and try to improve them daily and then eventually I don't need to do that and I know what I need to do just in my brain but writing stuff down keeps you accountable and it did help me a lot so and bodybuilding you know isn't just about sets and reps you know if I if I if I came to Kenny and I said hey I got these 10 people and they wrote down their workouts and I showed him these workouts he might be like oh man that's great and then he might see the people and they might not look the way that he was thinking in his head because he saw what was written down that they did leg presses and hack squats and leg extension leg curls because one of the most important things in bodybuilding is the way that you execute the exercises and the weights that you're selecting so if we're going to do 10 to 12 reps 
And if we add that up over the course of three sets, for argument's sake, let's just say it ends up being around 30 reps. If you do four sets, it'd be around uh, 40, set, 40 reps, right? Within those 30 to 40 repetitions that you're doing, some of them are gonna have to be fairly intense. Not, not you know, nothing that's going to really destroy you, but as you get from one set to the next, you end up with a little bit of accumulated fatigue. To where I think one of the best things that you can learn in bodybuilding is that the last rep of your last set should look like the first rep of your first set with a little wiggle room in there. So you know you might be a little tired, a little fatigued, but for the most part, you wanna still have really good form and technique. And some of the stuff that we did today, we're doing some arms, and then we trained with Johnny Shreve a couple days ago. He was showing us some stuff with shoulders, and he's like, I think he said this is like a technical limit set. And that's fancy talk for, we're gonna do some of this really sturdy and really strict, and then we're gonna utilize a little bit of uh, body English to get through the rest of the exercise. And so I think it's good to like try to toggle between those things. Like sometimes you are gonna use a little body English, but the main point being is it just takes a certain amount of intensity to end up getting the results that you're looking for from bodybuilding. Again, you have to get some really good muscle tension and then you have to get a pump. And then once you get that pump, you have to figure out a way to stay on top of that pump. And so you can do all different kinds of combinations. You could do 25 push-ups before you do like a set of bench press or something. But sometimes some of those things will fatigue you out so much that you won't be able to lift hardly any weight. And we can't forget that the weight on the bar, the load on the bar, represents some of the intensity and some of the volume. So you want to just start to be a little strategic with how you're kind of planning your workout, how you're planning your exercises. Yeah. I think with Johnny, it was super interesting because he was normally, I mean, we've done shoulder workouts where we go up to 120 pounds and just fucking go let ham it rip. On it. Yeah. Overhead just, press. Yeah. Yeah. But with him, I only used 70 pounds and it absolutely killed me. And it was so direct. It was just like this part of my shoulder and I've never felt that before. And he, he told me to act like I'm doing a pull up. So there's weird little cues you'll learn or you can watch YouTube videos that really go a long way as far as finding that tension and sticking, like staying in it. Um, but yeah, that was super interesting because he was telling me as I'm shoulder pressing, act like I'm doing a pull up. So pull them down rather than just let them go down. And that was pretty interesting. So just little things like that, that you can learn and apply to your training is going to go a long way. There's so much in the lowering portion of the weights, the eccentric. So you're doing a curl, you bring the weight all the way up towards uh, your body. Your fist is like towards your shoulder. And then as you're lowering the weight, it's important that you catch that weight on the way down. Isometrics can also be really important as well. So the isometric is where you just kind of hold and squeeze. But a lot of times in bodybuilding, again, we're trying to get the pump. We're not moving fast. We're moving slow and methodical. In my opinion, I don't think you really need to lock a lot of stuff out. I think you can come just a little shy of lockout, but still flex and squeeze and maybe just get a small uh, hold in there. Uh, intentionally, intentionally fight the eccentric portion and then contract. And there's really no reason, in my opinion, there's no reason to like, uh, contract aggressively. That's more of like a powerlifting thing. You don't need to like explode. I think exploding 
I don't think it's bad, but I think you're, you're coming off of tension. And then if you explode into something like a bench press or something, then the lowering portion is going to kind of feel weird when you get to do that. So it's what makes bodybuilding so hard is the discipline of staying with these really slow methodical sets. And a lot of times just even continuing to use the same weight. For example, if you're doing like dumbbell bench press and you can normally handle 120 pound dumbbells for some pretty good reps, you might want to use the hundreds or the eighties in order to complete four full sets of eight to 10 repetitions done with very similar form on every rep. Maybe you do get a little help through a couple of uh, reps uh, in there, but again, you're going to a technical limit and your spotter, your buddy, your training partner, they're giving you just a little bit so that you don't have to squirm and throw a shoulder forward to try to sneak in uh, an extra junky rep. Yeah, I would agree. I would say if you could take one thing and just keep it in your brain for the rest of your training if you want to bodybuild i would just say prioritize form and control the weight i wish i would have done that leaving my ego at the door not loading up a barbell row with four plates when i have no back um, and doing the stuff like we did with johnny if i could go back and train like that I would not be as strong. I wouldn't feel maybe as good about myself, but I know for bodybuilding specifically, I would make, I would probably would have made a lot more progress. I also was powerlifting, but if I, if for somebody that just wants to bodybuild, just leave your, ugh, leave your ego at the door and just prioritize controlling the weight and form and then progress. Cause I would just progress without keeping any of those in mind. I'd be like, all right, I got 315. Now I'm going to go to 405, but my form is shit. My control of the weight is terrible. I'm bouncing it. So yeah. Jay Cutler, who's known as four time Mr. Olympia, I believe also on my podcast and he was on my podcast, he said that he was four times second place. Yeah. He was second place four times. To me, that's more impressive than the four Olympia wins because he had to be second so many times. Mm -hmm. And I asked him how many times he hurt himself trying to chase the goat, trying to chase Ronnie Coleman. And he said it was a bunch of times. He hurt himself a bunch of times because Ronnie was using more weight or this guy was doing this, this guy was doing that. And he started to like lose himself a little bit and then he would auto-correct and he'd lose himself and then he'd correct again. And he had to learn that he needed to stay in his own lane, lift his weights the way that he needed to lift them also, something that you should know when you're seeing these guys lift on, when you're seeing the old videos of these guys screaming and doing bent over rows and you're seeing um, Dorian Yates and some of the guys lifting and they're using a lot of body English and stuff, you're just catching like a set. You're catching a set. You, you, unfortunately, you missed the seated row that they did for 35 minutes with really strict, concise form. I'm not saying everyone trains that way, but I've seen these guys work out before. I've had opportunities to work out with these guys before, and this is the way that it usually goes down. And usually those sets and those reps of the guys squatting, you know, five plates, it was like one or two sets that they did like that. And so I think that what that does is it inspires a lot of people. They see that, they get fired up, they get excited, and they think that they got to push themselves to these crazy limits. You also need to keep in mind those guys are professionals and they've been doing it for a long time. So where most people are at right now, you could get away with a lot less and still produce a lot better results for yourself. And that's ultimately what Jay Cutler had to learn. He was like, I didn't need to squat six plates. Meanwhile, he was able to squat 
I think five plates for 10 to 12 reps with his butt on the floor. But he had to learn kind of the hard way through getting injured by trying to chase after Ronnie Coleman that that wasn't a place for him to go to. He didn't need those heavier weights. He needed to focus in on what was most important to him. And what was most important to him was to work out within his means to get on top of those pumps and to keep himself there for his workouts. Yeah, I think, I think you shouldn't get too caught up in trying to play somebody else's game like Jay Cutler did with Ronnie because I've felt that way before. Like you look at some other bodybuilder that's maybe my age and he's shorter than me and he looks fucking stacked. He has these tree trunk legs. I just know like if I go look at what he's doing and try to copy it, it's not going to give me the same result as him. So I'm not going to go do that. And I know that this is just how my, I have different strengths. I'm not short and stacked like that guy, but I can play my own game and probably end up beating that guy or doing better than him or whatever I want to do. So don't get too caught up in, oh, fucking even like Mike Isertel trains like this. So I'm going to go train like that. Just find what works for you and just stay in it. That's a great point. You know, the shorter guy with the, with those rounded muscle bellies, maybe in comparison to Kenny, that guy has an opportunity to look real thick and look real gnarly when it comes to that. But maybe Kenny's gift is different. Maybe Kenny has a gift at being leaner. Even since I've known him, he's been pretty damn lean. And he's just getting leaner and leaner. And when he competes, he's going to be completely diced. It's going to get to be ridiculous because it seems like you're way ahead of schedule. So every one of us has kind of their own attribute. It's just sometimes when you see somebody else doing something, it kind of makes you go, oh, man, I, sh I yep. should be doing that. Like, that looks really cool, man, should I? And it makes you kind of get out of your own lane when yeah. each one of us kind of has their own specialty, own specialty to begin with, but we just don't see it. Yeah, that could be real self-destructing if you try to keep grabbing on to what you, what the next best thing or the next top influencer that's doing, I don't know, this style or this diet or if it fits your macro. So you, Sam Sulek, if you start trying to play his game, you're gonna probably get fat. So, yeah, I just would stick to what works best for you and figure out what your strengths are. So I think you know sometimes you know when we're going over this stuff, we're talking about form and technique and. We're not necessarily the technique or form police, but people probably are thinking of someone like Sam Sulek. But again, just because he's young doesn't mean he hasn't been lifting for a long time. Same thing with Kenny. And I, you know, I've been lifting for 30 something years. A lot of people start their lifting journey young. So when someone's 22 or 25, sometimes they've already been in the game for 10 years or 20 years. And Sam Sulek is somebody that he does pay attention to his form and technique. It's just, again, you're catching him doing some intense sets. Uh, I don't know if all his sets and reps, I don't know how every single thing he does in his workouts looks, but I'll tell you this, I know for a fact that the weights that he's doing and the way that he's moving the weights feels right to him. And if you go in the gym and try to throw around weights the same way that he's doing without a similar strength or without a similar experience, it, it's, not gonna really, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna pan out the same way. So that's the most important thing to know on that. Yeah, yeah. I was telling you guys, I was watching Doug's, Doug Fruchet's YouTube videos last night. And that's what all he was talking about was he basically trains off of how he feels, does what he wants. He doesn't really, like his style is kind of like what we do. We don't really track, we don't mm -hmm. stick to the same movements. We just do what feels good. And he said the most important thing if you're going to do that is to just find what feels good like we've already said like find that tension mm -hmm. that spot and just 
stay in it for the whole workout. He had then, an awesome video the other day on like a lat pull down. Yeah. And then I went in the gym and I tried it. I was using like 110 pounds. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, this is really hard. Yeah. To actually try to execute a lat pull down the way that you're supposed to do it without rocking back. I mean, I, I know all these things already, but it was encouraging seeing Doug do it. And he had kind of a little bit more specific way of doing it. I got to like, so the first couple reps, I was like, oh, this is easy. But then I got to like rep eight and I was like, holy shit, I can really feel the tension in this. So there's so many different ways to do a lot of these exercises. And I think as a bodybuilder, you're trying to maximize um, not so much how much weight you're using or how fast you're able to do the reps or how many reps you're doing or how many sets you're doing. You're trying to optimize the tension and how the tension feels. And then once you get that tension, you want to stay on top of it. That's why I think this is another really important note. When you go to do something and it feels good, ride that shit out. Like do it for a, wait a second, ride what out? Yeah. <laughs> ride yeah. it out because I think, it's, I think it's really important. Like if you go to do, let's say Kenny and I start a workout and we start doing cable crossover and right away he's like, dude, I got a crazy pump. And I'm like, shit, me too. There is no reason for us to stop and like look at like what we wrote down earlier in the day uh, or what we discussed about incline bench. We should stay where we're at because that's what's feeling good for that particular day. And then of course you can move on later on, but if you're getting a lot out of a particular movement and a particular way that you're doing it, milk that motherfucker, like stay in it because those moments, you know, I've been lifting forever. Those moments, are, they're few and far between. They don't happen nearly as much as I'd like for them to happen. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think that's why I don't like to pigeonhole myself into low volume training, high volume training, full ROM training, whatever the fuck it is, because something like that, I've always, it didn't make sense to me why people would, this feels amazing, but my logbook says I have to stop at four sets mm. and move on so that I could do this next week. Just do fucking 10 sets if it keeps feeling good there's no reason to yeah there's no reason to cut it but. what'd you eat this morning because we worked out at like 12 30 uh, you had, had to have a meal or two probably i had some ground turkey i had blueberry muffin pride foods and i had almond butter in it and are we gonna have to take your almond butter away mm, it's getting it's getting pretty dirty it's getting, it's getting, getting nasty <laughs> but then i had Oh wait, no, I only had one meal. Last night was when I had chocolate, coconut, steak shake, mm. Greek yogurt, almond butter, and that was fucking delicious because I put it, I don't have a Ninja Creamy, all right? But I put, I mixed it up, I put it in the freezer, I took it out, and it was like fucking ice cream, it was amazing. So, yeah, what about you? Amazing, I had my super smelly shake that I have every morning. I uh, mix up some iced coffee with mm. a total carnivore steak shake, uh, half a packet of chocolate hydration, some creatine, some Bub's collagen, blend it up, and that's my morning breakfast. And then I did like cold plunge and a bunch of other stuff. And then I had um, way too many egg whites. I don't know what I was doing. I wasn't paying attention. I just. Well, yeah, I made like a giant, it was like huge. It like came out to be like almost like a giant muffin of egg whites. Ooh. And Jake was like, what the hell is that? I'm like, like I'm not sure what happened. But I ate that and I had a double scooper of rice and grinds. Uh, mm. uh, what is it? Fudge brownie or something like that? Chocolate brownie. Chocolate brownie. That stuff mm. amazing. And I put another scoop of total carnivore in there. 
because oh. that makes it like mix up a little thicker and just taste awesome and adds protein to yeah. it. Yeah, you gotta try the other concoction. I, I've been I've been big on the- Been concocting. The been concocting, yeah, lately. Chocolate brownie, rice and grinds, one scoop. Choc or peanut butter, because we talked to the owner of Pride Foods and I was like, why is the peanut butter flavor it's like thicker for some reason when you mix it compared to like the other flavors. Yeah, that and one's good. He said he put pe like PB2 or peanut butter powder, so it's supposed to be thicker. So you put the chocolate brownie in there, you put a scoop of peanut butter in there, almond butter, steak shake, mix it, and it tastes like a Reese's cup. Oh my it's god. It's pretty fucking delicious. We're giving away too many good secrets. Make sure you edit some of that stuff out. Yeah, don't don't put that in there. Take us out of here, Kenny. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed. That was a loud oh, yeah. clap. Mm. Like smacking that ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why you're next? You, yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed the video. Um, I hope you <laughs> like the video. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think. We're back on YouTube. We're coming back stronger, baby. So thank you for all the support. We love it and appreciate it. Bye. Amen. <laughs>